Welcome back to Podcast 89 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at The Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash The Ozbreakers. This episode is brought to you by this season. For the best contest in all sports, please visit www.thesn.com slash OB. Play for thousands of dollars with thousands of people across the world. If you'd like to support The Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, Please visit theosbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any for winning cappers. Get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Osbreakers and become a free picks and telegram subscriber. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. The holidays are back, and we have a great show for you today because the bear, Chris Felica from Fox Sports formerly from ESPN, is coming on to break down some holiday spirit as well as some college football for the this huge rivalry weekend. Can't wait to talk to Chris and get all of his wonderful information and plays for this glorious weekend of rivalries. Before Chris comes on, I'm going to do some NFL. Going to go through the whole slate of games, and there is no bye weeks this week, <laughs> so there is a lot to talk about and some serious, ugly matchups coming up. But besides the NFL, college basketball is rolling. I'm eighteen and twelve this season, even with the bad beat, and I'm up ten point zero five units. But not only that, Rocco is killing it as well in the NBA. He We swept the board last night, and we have packages available at the Osbreakers for the full season. College basketball goes all the way through April. The NBA goes all the way to July. <laughs> you know, So there's just a ton of value and money to be made this year. We have packages on our website under premium plays, and you can get 100 bucks off right now. All the way through December. Use the promo code BASKETBALL24. I mean, you're getting some of these packages for like 300 bucks for the whole season. I can guarantee you that we put a heck of a lot more work into what the price of these memberships are. And once again, we are looking to have another profitable college basketball and NBA season. We also, of course, have monthly packages available if you just want to give us a try for a month to see how things will go. All right, without further ado, let's get into some NFL, starting with the earliest game on Thursday. And Packers versus Lions is quite early, starts in the morning, and you want to get your fantasy lineups in as soon as possible. Now, this is uh, no small spread, it is the Lions minus seven and a half at home and total 47. You know, you never would have thought that it would be north of a touchdown before this season started, but Jordan Love has proven to not be that clutch of a quarterback. He can only score against bad defenses, 
schemed by Matt LaFleur. When they play somebody good, they they tend to get pretty beat up, right? Well, you know, they got the big win against the Chargers last week, but this is a division game. The Lions felt last week like they were already looking forward to the Packers past the Bears. The Bears gave them a window, and they cracked the window open with four minutes left in the game, and good teams just take advantage of it, and the Lions won, you know. But I think they're going to be a hell of a lot more ready for this game because Dan Campbell is probably in their faces, you know. And not only that, the Lions just have the Packers' number. You know, since last year, with that massive win that they had, knocking the Packers out of the playoffs, looking like the better team with Aaron Rodgers, they are coming in with confidence, and they want to take a revenge for all the bad calls and all the bad losses that they had playing the Packers over all of those years. <laughs> you know, I might have liked the Packers north of a touchdown because they're an undervalued team, in my opinion, if and only if Aaron Jones was playing this game. I think Aaron Jones is such a big piece of this offense that it is at least a point deduction for what the Packers would have been able to do in this situation. Now, the Lions have not been great the last few games, but there's always soft spots during the season. This is going to be a statement spot with the embarrassing start that they had last week to the Chicago Bears. Uh, I could see the Lions blowing them out. Do I want to lay past seven points in a Thanksgiving game with the Lions who has failed on Thanksgiving situations many times in the past? No, not really. <laughs> not really. I mean, if it gets down to seven, it sure would be a tempting contest play for me. But the best thing you can do is tease this game. And this might be part of our 10-1 refuse-to-lose teaser at the end of this segment. Next, we have the Washington Commanders at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus 11. Total is 49. Now, the Cowboys have been really bolstering their stats, right? Uh, fourth in EPA per play on offense. Third on defense. You know, one of the top teams in EPA margin. You're looking at San Fran, Kansas City, and Dallas. Matter of fact, I think Dallas is actually now ahead of Kansas City in EPA margin. DVOA, I believe that the Cowboys are the top one or two teams as well. I haven't checked lately, but I'm pretty sure they are. But they also are still that team that beats up on bad teams and wins and loses against good teams. Now, the thing here, this is a large spread for a division game on Thanksgiving where we've seen Dallas falter before on Thanksgiving. They finally bucked the trend last year by beating the New York Giants. But... It's one of those situations where you're not just north of seven, you're north of 10, <laughs> you know, the, the commanders, what was that last week? Six turnovers. 
And I am counting the last one because you could have still won that game on that drive. But just the fact that they had six turnovers and were in this game, or five turnovers when they were in the game, right? I'll correct myself. Shows you that they should have been beating the Giants anyway. You know? Washington is number 20th in EPA on offense. And they're 29th on defense. You know? This is why this total is pretty high at 49. My number's actually above that. It's like 53 and a half. So I have a very, very strong lean to the over in this. I missed a good number earlier in 47 and a half. So I'm not necessarily going to take it. I was kind of hoping that some contrarian would knock it down to 47, which is key number. But that didn't happen. And the number kind of moved away from me. I still lean to the over strongly. I'm not even going to say I'm not going to take it. The Cowboys can score. The commanders are erratic. The commanders do not have a pass rush, you know, at all. So the question is, how good is this Cowboys defense going to be? I think that's the hell of a question because that's going to determine if they're going to cover this 11-point spread. I think that the commanders are not going to turn over the ball as much, you know. I think that the commanders keep it in their control somewhat. But at the end of the day, Sam Howell's trying to win this game. They're down by a touchdown. You might get that one turnover that is pretty bad in this situation. Now, we don't cap for pick sixes, obviously. But I'm just looking for the safer situation for you. The safer situation is the team total. Right now, as I'm recording this, you can get this team total for 29.5 laying minus 116 at FanDuel. Team totals are just coming out right now, the day before here, for Thanksgiving games. Now, I like this all the way up to 30.5, being that 31 is a key number. 30 is not. Um, I'll just take, I'll pay six cents to go from 30.5 to 29.5. Just in this situation, who knows? But I'm. I think it's worth it. And the reason I do is because I still think this total is going to start creeping way up just based upon the big game and a lot of bets coming up. So let's do the Cowboys over 29.5 team total for 1.5 stars. (laughs) And if you're still unsure about it, the Cowboys are number one in yards per point on offense at 12.3 and Washington is 29th in yards per point on defense at 13.4. Next game, we have the 49ers for the nightcap. You know, you're probably going to be feeling pretty good by the time this game comes on. Niners laying now minus seven. The total is 43. This thing moved up to minus seven, probably based upon the fact that Geno is not guaranteed and he was limited on Tuesday's practice. I still think he plays this massive game. I think DK Metcalf didn't play either, but that was just for rest. I'm pretty sure he's going to play this game. What we do know is Kenneth Walker is most likely out. He's listed as questionable, but he's probably out. I think the downgrade to him to Charbonnet is not that big, but I do think that the fact that Jarek Reed 
is out, the safety certainly helps the passing game for Brock Purdy. On the other side of the ball, the Niners are a little bit banged up too. They just lost a key safety in Hafunga, uh, and he was placed on IR. So I see some possible explosive plays here from both teams. You know, if you're looking at props on this game, maybe this is one I'm going to choose for our TikTok prop. We just hit another one at 15 and 7 now. Hopefully you're following that on our free plays at the odds breakers. But I might use receiving yards on one one or two sides of this ball um, just based upon the safety injuries here in this game. The problem I have is that, I mean, we've seen bad Brock Purdy. We've seen good Brock Purdy. They're off the bye now two weeks after the bye. Feeling pretty good about the Tampa win, I'm sure. But this isn't a perfect Niners team. It's a very good Niners team. But I think their secondary is that they're a little bit of, of a weak spot. And if Geno plays, DK is most likely going to play. Jackson Smith, the Jacob is going to play. If it's up to Geno to cover this spread, you know, it really is. It all lies on him. I can't predict what he's going to do. I think Geno's a serviceable quarterback. He's been kind of trending down lately. But my my number here is San Francisco minus 8.2 points. Wasn't even quite enough at the 6.5 because I just need a little bit more in the NFL if I'm not going to choose it as a teaser. Do I think San Fran wins by seven? In a lot of situations, yes. But this is a massive game for the Seahawks and Pete Carroll. They have to show up here. <laughs> you know, this is the this is for the division in this game. You know, the Seahawks fading a little bit, but they're still 12th in offensive EPA and 17th on defense. You know what that shows? They're just a very average team. Well, the Niners are number one. <laughs> Niners on the road. I don't think they're 10 points better than the average team because if you're going to give two or so points for home field advantage in Seattle, that gets you down to eight. You know, so I, I think that the Niners are seven points better than the average team. Maybe this number should be around five or six. My algorithm has it at 8.5 or 8.2, I'm sorry, that I just went over. But my power rankings have it lower. My power rankings have it around five points. You know, you have to use both based upon situations. My algorithm doesn't factor in injuries. Niners are more healthy <clears throat> than they were, minus that safety injury. But this seven is probably a really good number. I think a teaser is certainly in order for this, for a little hint, coming towards the end of this segment. Next game. We have a Friday game, a Black Friday game. So while your wife's out shopping, you could be home at 1 o'clock watching this game in peace. <laughs> Maybe you're not in peace. Maybe your kids are throwing crap all over the house, screaming. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know what we used to do as kids? We used to just go play football. We used to go find a big grass field and play football on Black Friday. That's what we did. I had a football game. I miss those days. 
But man, did we hit each other hard with absolutely no pads on whatsoever. <laughs> you know, kids these days, they'll probably be sitting on their iPads. But man, I'm going to be kicking my kids out of the house <clears throat> and telling them to go play some sports myself. But that's besides the point. You have the Dolphins laying 10 points on the road at the Jets. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm hearing that the locker room hates Zach Wilson again. I mean, if that was the case, then why the hell did he play most of this year? I don't know. I don't know what goes through Robert Sala's mind. But this is one of the worst offenses in football. Playing the best or one of the best offenses in football. Probably the best offense in football with Miami. Yet the defense, little edge to the Jets, but Fangio's been really turning up the gas. But this is why you're laying 10 points on the road at the Jets. They're putting Boyle in. <clears throat> the market did not like Boyle. Because this went from 7.5 to 10 after that announcement. I don't like Boyle either. I don't care if he played in Green Bay. You know, he tends to start the game pretty good. And maybe it rejuvenates this Jets team. But my biggest problem in this game, my power ratings have the, the Dolphins by... 8.5 points. My algorithm has it about the same at 8.469 points. 8.5 rounded up. But I still would lean to the Dolphins even at the 10. Of course, I was on them minus 9.5 last week, and you know what happened. If the weather was okay. This is a Miami team going up to New York where right now the weather looks Terrible, <laughs> you know, 47 degrees, chance of rain. <laughs> 47 is not that cold for a football player, but it's a little cold. And, you know, the Jets are going to come out in uh, full force. So I still lean to the Dolphins here. I also think this Jets defense isn't quite as good as what people think. You know, they have had a tough schedule. I will give them that. But just the way they covered against Kansas City at home, I don't know what to expect in this game. I'm passing this game. Let's move on to the next one. We have the Sunday game starting out Jacksonville at Houston. Houston plus one and a half, total 48 and a half. This game's got big implications here. Here's the, here's the deal. The Texans probably should have lost to the Cardinals last week. <laughs> The, the Texans are a team you want to grab points with, which you have 1.5 here. And they're ones you want to fade if they're laying over three. Now, it was just such an unlucky push with the Cardinals going forward on fourth, down five, constantly blowing it, penalties, Kyler Murray erratic, outgaining them in yards. That should have been a cover. But at the same time, Jacksonville's in a desperate situation. <laughs> Jacksonville needs to win this division. They were picked to win this division. This game is essentially for the division. Being that Houston's going to have the tiebreaker if they win this game too. Houston went in and embarrassed them, you know, three, four, five weeks ago, whatever it was. Everyone lost their survivors on Jacksonville that week. But Jacksonville on the road... A little bit more sneaky. They're quietly healthy. 
you know, Trevor Lawrence is very healthy. Uh, Zay Jones should be back. I was kind of looking at the injury report here. He is back, actually. I think he was back last week, actually. What am I talking about? They uh, really don't have any injuries, <laughs> you know. Houston, pretty healthy, too. Um, I wouldn't say they're completely healthy by any means. They have a few banged-up guys. Damian Pierce is questionable. He'll probably play. Jake Hansen, linebacker, questionable. Jimmy Ward, safety, questionable. They lost MJ Stewart. Um, some special teams guys. Sashawn Widgeway went on IR back on November 7th. So they're a little bit more banged up than they were when they played the first time. But, you know, if you remember last game, Jacksonville just kind of coughed up this game. Kind of didn't take Houston seriously. I think they really take Houston seriously this game. And everyone, they're just begging you to tease this one and a half up. I'm not so sure about that. I, uh, I, I would not doubt if this is somehow an 8-10 to 10 point game. Um, I just have, I, I like C.J. Stroud. He was a wonderful pick. The best pick of the draft right now. But you have Trevor Lawrence on the other side. Poised. Jacksonville finally catching some momentum here. After the ugly loss to San Fran, this is a big game for them. I'm just going to pass the spread because there's absolutely no number in the world with how good Houston's been doing to have this anywhere close to a three on either side of the ball. As a matter of fact, I probably even have Jacksonville as a little bit more of a dog based on my algorithm. And based on my power rating, I have uh, Jacksonville minus two in this situation. 1.75, actually. I'm going to pass this complete game right now. Just pass it. But if I had to make a play, I'd bet the Jags on the money line. Next game. You have the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Bengals. Now I'm just going to say two things about this. You think the Bengals get a bump because of the injury Burrow, the next game bump going to Jake Browning. Browning's not that great of a quarterback, but I can see the team rallying. I don't know about T. Higgins yet, but the Steelers fired Matt Canada should give them a bump as well because this offense was ugly, and now Kenny Pickett's on the hot seat. This is a perfect pick game. I have no idea what to do with it, and I think you should probably stay the hell away from it, in my opinion. Next, we have the Patriots against the Giants. This number is at three and a half in some books, and I took it early. You can say what you want about numbers. You know, you can say what you want about backup quarterbacks because we have no idea who's playing quarterback for the Patriots. (laughs) You know, and we know Tommy DeVito lives with the comfort of his parents and probably will have a delicious Thanksgiving dinner late after this game. But I also know that the Giants probably have a little bit of confidence and the Patriots are just extremely desperate. Now the Patriots from an injury standpoint are still banged up really bad. They lost Kendrick Bourne, the wide receiver, They have a 
They're finally getting an offensive tackle, Riley Reif, back most likely. They'll probably slot him in immediately. Their other offensive tackle, Trent Brown, is still questionable. I don't know about him. Backup Kelvin Anderson tackle um, was placed on IR a while ago. I don't know. I don't think he can come back yet. As you know, Matthew Judon still banged up from October. The Patriots gotten a little bit more healthy. I expect Devontae Parker to play. And then they lost another tackle in uh, Tyron Wheatley. But here's the rule that I always come back to. Whenever two crappy teams, and both of these teams are the crappiest of the crappy. You know, as a matter of fact, I have, with the injuries, the Giants last, and I have the Patriots third to last. You take the points. And I don't have the Patriots laying anywhere over three points here on the road in New York. You take the points. And right now, BetMGM still has a three and a half. And if you need more outs, check out our link on this podcast description at BetMGM. You can get a big bonus up to 1500 bucks to sign up and get this 3.5. I am certainly taking the Giants here at 3.5 because there's absolutely no way in hell the Patriots should be laying points. And to be honest with you, I hope it's not Mac Jones because as bad as Mac Jones is, the other two quarterbacks are probably worse. Grab the points, 3.5. I like it for two stars. I got beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rice, raw, beans, creams, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, Next game. Bucks at Colts. Colts coming off the bye. Just cut Shaq Leonard. Can you believe that? They actually cut Shaq Leonard. He was getting paid a lot of money. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time. He's just been so injured over his five, six-year career that they finally said he's not worth the money. I wonder if somebody's going to pick him up on waivers. But it's going to send a message through this team. And Shane Steichen's a good coach, and he's probably schemed some good stuff up against Tampa. But here's the problem. Do you trust Garner Minshew? Because the only way to move the ball against Tampa is through the air. Tampa's got one of the top two or three rush EPAs, right? And so they, they're probably going to stop Jonathan Taylor. And this might be a good time to grab somebody under their rushing yards on the Colts' side of things. Even Taylor. But Tampa's a desperate team because they have the division also in their sights. They're four and six straight up. And Baker Mayfield, for all his faults, has been better than I expected. Second road game in a row, though, for Tampa. They went to the Niners. But I do like playing teams that just played a very good team because it kind of makes them better the very next game. You know? Kind of why you have your kids step up to the higher class to practice and play in a league. You know, I mean, this is just yeah, here Tampa minus 0.9 yards per play, disgusting, while Indianapolis is even. Just looking at that, that would make you kind of lean towards Indianapolis. But this is not three for a reason. And it's just because the holes on Indianapolis's uh defense, they give up. A lot of rushing yards themselves. Now, Tampa can't run the game or run the ball that well, right? But the only thing the Colts are good at is kind of rushing the ball a little bit. And 
that's Tampa's strength. It's going to be an ugly game. And Teaser is screaming in this one. You have a total of 44 points. The Colts are kind of an over team, actually. But I just don't see Baker getting blown out two games in a row with such a good receiver like Evans. I also don't like fading the Colts on the road. But tease that Tampa Bay, most likely. Finding them a dance partner. Next game, the Saints versus the Falcons. And the Falcons are coming off the bye, and so are the Saints coming off the bye. Carr was so banged up in this game that I do not believe he plays. Okay. The Falcons, four and six. The Saints, five and five. This is a massive division game for who's going to take control of this division. Obviously, Tampa's still there too. But the Falcons, after losing three in a row with Arthur Smith, have to get it together. Now, they're going back to Desmond Ritter because it looks like Heineke is still messed up with his hamstring. Kind of surprised they didn't put him on IR. But Ritter's a slight downgrade from Heineke. Heineke didn't exactly prove great. I find some success here, scheming some things up on the Falcons' side. As bad as Arthur Smith is as a game flow coach and situational coach, I think he can find some plays. And the Saints are 19th on offensive EPA, and they are a nice sixth in defensive EPA. But my question is, what are these teams against the run? Because both of these teams are going to be using their good running backs. <laughs> I'll tell you, number two and number three in rush EPA on defense. So they're going to stop the run. That makes me look to the under a bit. But the problem is, and the reason this totals up high, is because if Jameis Winston plays, he's erratic. He's 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 more prone to throw picks than Derek Carr is. And that's where I think the Falcons can take some advantage. You know, That's where I think the Falcons can possibly move the ball. Marshawn Lattimore is looking to miss this game for the Saints. And he there he's their best cover corner. Okay. The problem with the Falcons is they haven't been a great passing team, but they do have some beasts in London, Pitts, and John Smith as pass catchers. Believe it or not, the Saints are second worst against tight ends giving up uh, fantasy points. This tells me even a guy like Desmond Ritter should be able to move the ball with those two awesome tight ends that they have for the Falcons. Now, the Saints have one very good pass catcher in Chris Olave, and they had Michael Thomas. But now that Michael Thomas is on IR, I think this completely messes this team up as well. You know, there there's a big drop-off after Michael Thomas and Chris Olave to their second and third string guys. Rashad Rashid Shahid is kind of a big play guy. He'll need big plays. But Keith Kirkwood, Lynn Bowden, seriously, they're just going to be trying to run the ball. And when Jameis throws, it's always erratic. I think the Falcons get the win here. I like this game at Pickham. I'm taking the Falcons because I think they move the ball uh, even a little bit in the air against the Saints for two stars. 
All right, Panthers versus the Titans. Titans have been just absolutely awful, as you know. I don't know what the hell I was thinking when I backed them against Jacksonville. I just thought that Will Levis would finally bounce back a little bit, and the Titans always play them close. That was one of my losses last week, and I lost bad. But now the Titans are laying three and a half, and the Panthers are plus three and a half. (laughs) There is no number that I have making the Titans at three. As bad as the Titans have, I still have the Titans better than the Panthers because the Panthers are, minus the Giants injuries, the worst team in the league, right? But this is just the rule that you have to live by. Whenever there's two bad teams playing each other, you take the points or, or pass the game. Well, the Panthers are such in disarray with their coach and ownership and what's going on there that I'm probably not even going to take the points, but that's the way I lean in this situation. Either stay away or take the points. Not there yet. Maybe I'll get there. Browns versus Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos are literally the Pittsburgh Steelers now in their division. Getting outgained, winning games. A lot of it's Sean Payton ugling up the game, but they just have a tendency of also getting blown out if they screw up. I don't think they're a good team, and the Browns are missing a quarterback. DTR has not been good. I personally think P.J. Walker is better. I don't know. I thought it was a little bit more even last week, but but it, it was clear to me that DTR isn't quite ready. But this is still a much better defense, and the defense is the best part of this field. This is probably the best teaser leg in the whole week. Just being that Cleveland is at plus two and a half and you can move it past the eight. The eights come up a little bit more often. This is just a simple teaser leg in this situation. The Broncos do not blow out anybody. Next game, Rams versus Cardinals. I have a premium play on this. All I have to say is that the Cardinals probably should have either won or covered last week. Uh, they covered the closing line, not the earlier line actually, I believe. But also the Rams... We're very fortunate to win last week against Seattle. And it looks like Cooper Cup's a little bit banged up. <laughs> Stafford's the better quarterback. Puka Nakua's a little bit banged up. I think I think the Cardinals are maybe getting a little bit too much love, being that this is almost at Pick'em at home. You're going to get some Rams fans there too. But, you know, Kyler Murray's kind of playing with house money here. So... This is one that I do have a play on, but I will be passing. And uh, it's not even teaser territory either. Chiefs versus Raiders. Oh, God, I would have liked the Raiders more. It's at 8.5, plus 8.5, total 43.5. I would have liked the the Raiders a lot more if uh, the Chiefs won that game. And they blew that game, and it wasn't really Mahomes' fault. Just drop passes and Kelsey's fumble. The refs were kind of on their side a little bit. It was just a situation where the the Chiefs probably should have won that game. But they kept the Eagles in it. The Eagles finally capitalized. It was a rainy game. I hate going against the Chiefs when they lose a game. And they just always seem to have the Raiders number. And the Raiders have a backup quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. The Raiders have been playing better. But this is just a massive get-up spot for the Chiefs. And you know there's going to be Chiefs fans here disappointed with the fact that um, that you can't play the Raiders. <laughs> you know, one of those situations where 
all the Chiefs receivers might be catching the ball. And the Chiefs have one of the best defenses in the league. It's top three. The, G, the G, Spagnuolo has, has just been amazing over there. This is one you, where you probably want to take the Chiefs down via teaser. I think it's a good situation for that. Next, Bills versus Eagles. Now, I'm I, I, my head scratches on this one because somehow my algorithm has the Bills uh, winning this game, and I don't I can't figure out how. I, I guess the Bills are just so good on yards per point, um, eighth in yards per point on offense at thirteen point nine, and third on defense at eighteen point two. But they're just so banged up on their secondary. Believe it or not. Philadelphia's defense has been bad, <laughs> you know, bad. 18th in yards per point on defense, and it takes them forever to score. So their yards per point on offense for Philly is certainly uh, not as good, right? I'm pulling it up right now, and this is an efficiency metric. I love yards per point. That's close to the Bills, actually. 13.3 to 13.9. So the Eagles still even have an edge in yards per point on offense, but just the Bills have a massive one on defense. But the Bills are just so banged up on the secondary. You can't do anything here until you find out what's going on with the Bills secondary. You know they don't have Elam and on cornerback from November in Milano. But now Dane Jackson, questionable. Micah Hyde, safety, questionable. Taylor Rapp, safety, questionable. Taron Johnson, won't return to Sunday's game, it says. It doesn't even say question. I have no idea. I mean, the over looks good in this game, but it's quite high for an NFL game sitting here at a, uh, was it 49 now? You know? I mean, this thing is really, really climbed up. 48 and a half in some books. What's the weather? You know, the weather dictates a lot of this stuff. Uh, chance of rain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to sit on this one. I certainly lean to the over because both secondaries are are bad. Uh, the Bills will not run the ball probably much against the Eagles, but it's also the Bills is a dog past the three. You know, the Eagles are probably fine winning this game by three points, and if anybody can backdoor, it's Josh Allen. The Bills don't get blown out. You know, I, I have a, I have a strong lean to the Bills in this in this situation here. Plus the Eagles, short week, letdown spot. It's a great spot for the Bills. Strongly to the Bills. Ravens versus Chargers. Now a big syndicate type uh, service gave out the uh, Chargers at plus four or three and a half. I I can't remember, but it moved down. And I was kind of like, man, what number do you have the freaking... Chargers covering this, you know, they lost Joey Bosa last week, you know, just a a big part of their pass rush. They're in shambles. Staley's just living off of pure fantasy. He should have been fired a long time ago, you know. You lost two key receivers. I mean, I guess Mike Williams is your most key back in October, but Josh Palmer... You know, you're, you're kind of just living off Keenan Allen. And now Gerald Everett's banged up. Is Everett going to play? <laughs> I mean, you lose Joey Bosa most likely this game. He's doubtful. I think he's out. He's got an MCL sprain. Oh, no, foot sprain. Sorry. Likely headed IR. You still have Eckler, but the Ravens don't know how to stop that. I, it, my number is not even close to this, but it wasn't close when I 
bet the Ravens minus six against Cleveland and they lost outright because Harbaugh in his just immense fourth quarter screw-ups, letting Lamar just choke the game away. Could that happen again? Maybe that's what the service is betting on, but there's just no way I have uh, this game all that close. You know, I, I, I'm just going to tell you what my algorithm says in this game. I have Baltimore minus 9.9. <laughs> okay, that's my algorithm. And going to my power rings, I give the Chargers a lot of love. Without the injury, I have Baltimore minus 4.5. Probably with Joey Bosa out. And uh, if Gerald Everett's out, I'd, I'd up that a little bit. Make it 5.5. I mean, I, I, I want a three. I'm greedy. You know, I, th- I think that the Ravens are a wonderful money line parlay in this situation. Minus 185. You know, you can tag them with like, geez, almost get like minus 110 with the Chiefs at minus 380. <laughs> you know, instead of teasing the Chiefs, maybe that's the way to go. You're minus 106 right now. If you take the Ravens at minus 185 and the Chiefs at minus 380, you are at minus 106. Pretty good price there. All right, finally, we have the Bears versus the Vikings. And this is just another situation where my power rings have the Vikings win by a lot more because I like Dobbs. I have the Vikings minus seven, but my algorithm only has the Vikings winning by (laughs) 6.2, I guess only, right? Well, it's 3.5. There's been a lot of sharper people giving out the Bears in this situation because of Justin Fields and how he looked last week and how they looked against the Lions. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I will say the Bears defense has certainly improved. But, man, they just get out-schemed, out-game-planned. The coaching is absolutely horrible. But Josh Dobbs is also just a firecracker. If he keeps turning this ball over, it really favors the defense. And that's what I worry about Josh Dobbs in this situation. If you can give me a three at minus 110, I would probably lay it with the Vikings. But that that is like, that's what I need. Even though my power ratings and my algorithms say, Vikings. Some of these numbers are based upon no Justin Fields, which Badgent controlled the game okay, but he wasn't good. And uh, Fields just has a hell of a lot of legs, and he can move the ball, but he can also turn over the ball. Fields is kind of like the Lamar Jackson young version turning the ball over type situation. And not really accurate. If you remember, that's how Lamar kind of came into the NFL. That's how Fields is. So maybe that's why the money's coming in. People think that the Bears could be powerful on offense. I will say that the Bears are pretty healthy. But uh, Dante Foreman is questionable. Um, And, uh, you know, they still have Khalil Herbert. He's back. And uh, Roshan Johnson at running back. Lucas Patrick is questionable at guard. Man, the Bears are very healthy right now. It's amazingly healthy. This is, a, this is the healthiest I've seen the Bears all year long. Yeah, I can understand some of this money, I guess, on the Bears if I just think Fields is going to be the good Fields and not the bad Fields. But is Justin Jefferson coming back this week? I'd like to know that before I make a play. You know, they uh, the Vikings a little bit de- banged up on defense. Darren uh, Dean Lawry. Uh, Torres Peck, 
defensive end issue. Jordan Hicks, it was placed on injured reserve last week, you know. So I'm going to say that I still lean to the Vikings in this situation, but I have all week to make a play on this, being that this is the Monday night football game. All right. Now it's time for our refuse to lose teaser that is 10 and 1. And hopefully we can make it a happy Thanksgiving for you because we are doing Thanksgiving teaser for this show. We are taking the Lions down to minus one and a half. I just think without Aaron Jones, the Packers have absolutely no chance of winning. Well, low chance of winning this game. Very low chance. Doesn't mean that they're going to lose by past seven. but And I'm also going to take the Niners down to minus one. <sighs> Geno Smith will find a way maybe to backdoor this spread or get in close with this game but the Niners just a powerful team and this is just a, a big game for them in the last three matchups the Niners have covered an eight and a half point spread they covered a three point spread winning 21 to 13 back in 2022 and they covered a 10 point spread last year uh winning 41 to 23 what I will say is the Seattle one last year I remember being on Seattle plus like three and a half or something. And then uh, they lost by eight. One of those situations where we weren't sure about Brock Purdy and he just turned out to be really good back in December. But the scheme is just so much better with San Francisco and they should be able to find plenty of holes in this Seattle defense that's just a little bit overrated. Like I said, this is up to Geno Smith. I'm not willing to bet on Geno Smith, but I'm willing to bet that the Niners win this game and take control of the division. So that's going to be your teaser. The Lions down to one and a half and the 49ers down to one for three stars. Hank, the day after Thanksgiving is, in my opinion, the biggest shopping day of the year. And I will not spend another year giving Dallas Mavericks crap because the Cowboy stuff was all sold out. All right. Now it's time for a little college football week 13 rivalry week with Fox Sports, the Bear, Chris Felica. Now I'm very happy to welcome back a college football and horse racing expert that you've heard here many times. You can see him on Fox Sports Big Noon Kickoff and also listen to him on the Bear Bets Podcast. Very excited to have Chris Felica back to bring us some holiday spirit. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris, F-A-L-L-I-C-A. Chris, how are things going? How, how you liking it over at Fox? Everything, everything's been great. Um, it, it's, a, it's a great group of guys that, that we have there. Uh, a little different, obviously, just from what I've been doing the last twenty something years. But uh, sure, change change has been good. So I'm, 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 hey, I got to spend a month in Australia this summer covering the women's <laughs> World Cup. So that they, right, right, right there, that that kind of uh, raises the bar a little bit. Well, for sure, my wife wants to go there, so I'm just I'm, I want to go too. I just want to wait till my youngest is a little older. You know what I'm saying? But uh, it sounds like a just a completely different world out there. And I was following you a little bit. I remember you got back super late and that's why we couldn't do our futures bets. I do have a few rolling though. And I might discuss a little of that since we're coming up to championship week, but uh, either way, here we are, man. And it is rivalry week and also Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, we love food, but we've done that to death. So uh, I got a couple other ideas. I want to bounce by you. Um, uh, by the way, I just had some Havarti with dill. So I do have to throw out one. The cheese Havarti okay. with dill is uh, it's phenomenal, man. 
There you, there you go. I made, I made a macaroni and cheese this uh, last week. That's different than the mac and cheese that I normally make. I, I used some shells uh, with it, and I used Havarti, Fontina, cheddar, and I cut the brine. Uh, the brine. The, the, I'm already thinking brining a turkey. I cut the <laughs> rind off of the edge of the brie, and I put some brie in there as well. Ooh. And it was really, really, really good. It melted down really well. Four so, cheese uh, texture, man. Jeez. Yeah. Four cheese exactly. with texture. Oh, God. Genius, my man. You got it all, I tell you. Well, you and I are both big cheese fans, but I'll tell you, it's a that Harvardi in the Harvardi with dill. It's just something nice to add to your little cheese board out there. It yep. is, it's just it so is. delicious. It gives you a little tang with that dill. It is amazing. But what I want to run by you is a couple holiday hacks for people since we do food so much. And I don't know, All right. maybe maybe you can come up with one yourself. But um, I'm gonna I got five of them, and I kind of ranked them. I guess it doesn't matter if you rank them, but I'm gonna throw this one out for you. Uh, the the fifth one here, number five is getting doing year-round holiday lights now i'm sick of like putting them up and taking them down every single year but my neighbors are starting to do this and now with the led technology you literally have a cell phone app that controls them you can make them like purple for halloween uh orange for thanksgiving and you know, christmas lights maybe a little new year's you can even keep them up through easter and do some pastel colors but man i think that's a, a decent hack uh for this way and even fourth of july you can do red white and blue interesting i'm not i'm not a see i'm not, I'm not really a light guy I like leaving them up year round is kind of rough that, that, that kind of <laughs> there's they're, they're more built for it but i i think they also need to be like hidden under an awning so if you have the certain kind of roof i think that you can get by doing that but that's number five uh, number four is kind of important because I've screwed myself over on this a few times, Chris. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll eat hors d'oeuvres all the way up till dinner and I'll be completely full by the time I hit dinner. Um, yep. I, 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 think, yeah. I, I think we got to give ourselves an hour or so before that and then save your dinner roll for last with the gravy instead of getting it first. I mean, that bread's delicious and it's usually the first thing on the, on the table, especially at restaurants. But you kind of push that away and eat it for later. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, the thing is, if you don't eat it early, you probably aren't going to eat it late. See, I, I like, I like bread. So what I normally try to do just do like one piece. But but I'm with you with the like the hors d'oeuvre and the appetizer. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, there there have been times where we kind of overdid it on the hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and the appetizers, and you're not even ready to. I mean, you you want no part of your main meal. So yeah, I, I definitely think that 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 that's a good one. Trimming down the. Uh, your or, or, or eating the snack earlier, and then maybe, maybe you spread dinner out a little bit later. But yeah, I, 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 do, I do see you there. There, that, that's actually a little hack for people that uh, like trying. I mean, you just cut the cut the carb out. But sometimes, sometimes the bread looks. So, I mean, oh, it I depends. Know, I if, know. It, if it's like a normal, if it's just like normal like dinner roll or a, just like a, an unappetizing like bread, but if it's like a really good bit of like a an Italian loaf, or it's got some like garlic and olive olive oil in it. If it's like a like a like a cheese stick or something, or the or a pre, like the pretzel, the pretzel bread is what gets me when they when they put those pretzel sticks in there. With yeah. oh, that's that's bad. Yeah, you got I know, and that's the problem. Here's what, when I go out to dinner, 
they serve the bread and like 20 minutes later your food's out i i've eaten three or four pieces of bread <laughs> i'm like i'm like taking my food home and if i forget my car then i'm just like jesus you know uh just just something i think about but you know what, what my parents used to do is serve dessert like immediately after dinner now we quit doing that i, I had dessert about two hours later man that's uh, that's that's also that's also a, yeah. a good idea because maybe yeah. by then people have like left or you don't even like yeah i just i don't want to eat dessert before you go to bed that, that, that's kind of helpful as well well this is a good segue for my next one um and this is one that people should think about whether they're if not just at home but definitely at someone else's house spend like 15 minutes helping people clean up after dinner you know absolutely because i'll tell you right now you jump on that the homeowner is going to realize that you're going to it's going to not just help your digestion moving around it's going to make you feel good and it's make you it's going to make you look good wherever you're at and uh, you'll always be invited to the next one yeah and, and you kind of paint plan paint it forward a little bit because they're they're hosting they're doing all the prep they're doing all the cooking and you know the least you could do is kind of step in there and at the very least, help load the dishwasher or something. But yeah, that, that that's just, it's sad that we have to say it, but doesn't it just seem like a common courtesy? Yeah, yes, it, it, it does, but you haven't met my uh, outer family. Uh, so, <laughs> you, know, it, you know, there's people that just don't even, it doesn't even like come to them. And, uh, but, you know, at the same time, some people get, get, talking to and I, I don't blame people for not doing it it's just it's just it's just a, such a good idea to do and to be honest with you once you do what everyone else is going to do it's going to be done in a few minutes uh number two number two is start your holidays a little bit early i mean try not to be the last person at work you know maybe take a half day in that wednesday or uh the day before christmas take off yeah i think getting ahead of things are first because that means you're not forgetting it like that last Christmas present. You're not forgetting to get that important piece of uh, Thanksgiving. You know, uh, it, it just gives you a good start in a way to just kind of decompress, getting off a little early. You know, th- th- that's something that I- I've tried to do a better job with, like especially as we get towards uh, like the how Christmas is like like, jo- like you don't need to like come up with like your gift list for uh, what do I want to get a person X like it's December eighth and all of a sudden you just like throughout the year like in your notes app or something like if they give a hint just just jot it down in there but even as it applies to thanksgiving like like we've been working like yesterday cranberries were made uh, I, I just i just cooked some bacon up for the for the uh, for some mashed potatoes and breakfast sandwiches my wife's making the corn casserole right now so like Ooh. getting ahead to make tomorrow uh, that much easier is, so it's not just like the gift part of it and like mm. uh, doing like the good of getting yourself out of work the actual like prep strategy of it, giving you that way. Anything you can do to make Thursday as least stressful as possible is always a good thing. Absolutely, and that's I think that's a huge thing to do. And uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Jesse. Great capper, Jesse, stopping by to say hi. Uh, now, number one, I feel a little dirty saying this, but Chris, is it fair to say that you and I consume a lot more football than the average man? Is, is that fair? A lot more sports than the average man in general I, is that I, fair i would say that's a good that's a good bet okay all right so this one is the whole sports thing um don't be the first person to sit in front of the tv by yourself when your your wife drags you to the party or even at your own house you're just gonna get in trouble doing that um oh yeah in, i have it, you, we all have, Chris, especially the fact that they let us consume so many sports during the week anyway. But I have a hack for that. 
you know, when you're in the kitchen talking to people that come over, you know, the family room's next door where the TV is. You maybe go out to go to the bathroom, but you know what you do is you check, you look around that TV, make sure no one's looking. You turn the game on and you turn the volume up a little bit so people hear. Then get the heck out of there, get to the bathroom, right? And then get to back back to the kitchen, and just the sound of the game is going to start drawing men in that room. And once that happens, it would be rude for you to not go join them and talk to them, Chris. Exactly right. I, it, that's a great one. It, and, yeah. and, you, and you know, and you know what? I actually, I'm going to admit <laughs> to actually doing something like that. Um, it was the first, the year, the the first Penguins Red Wings uh, Stanley Cup final. I think they played twice, right? And the Wings won the first one, and the Penguins beat them the next year. But I remember I was at a wedding the night of one of the games. I forget what game it was, but it, it was at a very nice country club. And I was just kind of walking around, seeing what's going on. And someone was asking me. It was in the Midwest. So a lot of people actually were wanting to know what's going on. So I was able to – there was a TV. I went downstairs and there's like it was like a separate bar area downstairs that wasn't being used. Like the room, room was just dark, and the TV was off. But I saw, my God, there's a TV on. So I actually wound up turning that TV on, went back up, and was like, "Yeah, I saw there was a TV down there. I mean, maybe turn the game on down there." And people, people followed it. We wound up watching the uh, the, the rest of the, the the rest of the game down there. And the bride even came down because she was a massive hockey fan. <laughs> Well, she actually came down and started watching the uh, watching Peng- Penguins Wings with us for a little while too. So it was great. I I love it, man. I mean, carefully. My wife would catch me doing that, know exactly what I'm doing, and I don't know if she'd be too happy. But hey, man, whatever works for you. But that's so fun that you did that. Uh, you know, we're strategic in these ways. The degenerate really comes out on us in these situations. But if you do it strategically, you won't get in trouble. I think that's uh, that's really huge. Um, so. Yeah, man. Uh, those are those are some hacks that I was thinking about. If you guys have any hacks too, feel free to tweet us at the Oddsbreakers. I'd I'd be really curious to hear of uh, any awesome ideas that you have to help to help a brother out watch some sports or or uh, just get through the holidays. So uh, we'll see uh, if you guys have any great ideas. And Jesse's going to have tomahawk ribeyes because he's in Thailand. So there you go. Uh, I have a listener question. Is he with Roxy? What's that? Roxy. I was going to say, is he hanging with Roxy over in Thailand? I I don't know. I don't know if Jesse knows Roxy. I would assume he knows Roxy. Uh, You know, Chris introduced me to Roxy. Chris goes to Thailand a lot, too. And uh, I don't know. Jesse, you know know Roxy. Feel free to answer if you're still here. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, I know know he does spend time in Vegas as well, but this this might be a time of year we're still over there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, the weather's starting to cool off a little too much, so maybe he went back there. I know he was – I saw him there in August when I was there uh, at the uh, Circa. So, uh, great guy. He gave me this cool pen that uh, lights up. Uh, oh, yeah, terrific. I'll, I'll try to find it uh, during one of our things. But, hey, we got a listener question from uh, Dima. So, I, I know you're going to say the answer already, but he said that he, – he's asking, is there any good prices that you can currently like – in the NFL awards market, he said Hertz at two fifty for MVP plus two fifty, Campbell for plus one fifty, uh, probably defensive player a year. Uh, oh no, Campbell for coach, not Calais Campbell, and then and then Garrett for uh, defensive player a year at plus one ten. So Campbell for coach. I mean, I, these numbers are bad, but uh, what do you think on uh, any, any NFL futures? I certainly wouldn't bet Jalen Hurts at that price to, to be MVP. Like it, I mean. 
yeah, the Eagles are winning games, but like Hertz has not been fantastic this year. Like that that that's something I wouldn't play. I do have a Miles Garrett at six to one from earlier uh, this year as defensive player of the year. So I am I am all I am all in on that. I, I do think he ultimately will win. Uh, Coach of the year was something that we were kicking around on the uh, the Bear Bets podcast the other day. Like, mm-hmm. is there still a, a path? Like, again, the, the numbers on these guys are, are so terrible. Like, it might be time to eat a little Dan Campbell with the plus money because I do have a nice D'Amico Ryan's price. I've got a, yeah. a, a nice Mike Tomlin price, and I got a nice Kevin O'Connell price. So, like, I, I think between those three, I would have the winner – uh, out, outside of and again, I got Comlin and and O'Connell at like twenty two, twenty three to one, and Ryan's at, at like nine to one. So I, I got better numbers uh, than are out there now. So I can kind of afford to take a little, a little Dan Campbell uh, at, at the number that he is because I do think it, lo- it it will be one of those one of those guys. And if somebody mentioned Kevin Stefanski, like if the Browns make the playoffs with the, the hodgepodge of quarterback that they've had. He's like thirty to one or so, twenty to one. Twenty to one. I, I, I think the MVP still is really interesting, and I, I know uh, listening to Gil this morning, he was making a really good case for for Brock Purdy, who's right around sixteen to one or so. Um, the, 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 you look at some of the statistics; he leads the league in, and uh, it's a pretty good argument. And again, this is going to be a team that's probably going to go thirteen and four or so. And Hertz hasn't necessarily been great. Mahomes, is he really? I mean, you you put Brock Purdy stats next to Patrick Mahomes stats, and uh, and, and, and tell me what you think. But um, I, I think of all of like the double digit prices that are out there, I think Purdy at 15, 16 to one to be uh, MVP is probably the one uh, that I would most be interested in betting. Yeah, Mahomes shouldn't be there on his stats alone just based upon the fact that their defense is so awesome. And even if he has a great finish, that's what they're going to say. I mean, that Chiefs defense is for real, man. And uh, 4-1 is just a terrible price on him. Uh, don't get me wrong. He's still the, I, he's the best player in the league, in my opinion. I mean, that you can say if you want to make an argument for MVP like Jordan but back in the day, they should win it every year. But at the same time, uh, Purdy is just blatantly obvious at 15 to 1. I agree with Gil there. Um, and I've also heard that from uh, Mitch and Pauly, too, uh, looking at Brock Purdy, I believe. Uh, Jalen Hurts plus 250, Lamar Jackson plus 350. Stay away from those low numbers. Yeah. Uh, um, those are terrible now. And if you missed them before, they, they can get hurt and injured at any time. You know, that is not worth the risk. It's awesome that you have some great numbers, though, Chris. Coach of the year, I got burned last year on uh, Doug Peterson. I thought he deserved it. I think this year's kind of showing a little bit of that. But, um, <laughs> You know, in our mutual friend Will, he you know he knew exactly what he was doing and had a great number, and I'm glad Will won uh, for yeah. that. But uh, either way, you know, I think that the coach of the year was is probably bad priced with Campbell and Ryan's, like you mentioned. Now, the problem with coach of the year, I I can make a case for ten of these guys. I can, you know, I mean. Shane Steichen's doing better than he should. Mike Tomlin, that record's ridiculous. You know, uh, Kevin O'Connell doing all that without a quarterback. D'Amico Ryan's, the Texans are just coming out of nowhere. Uh, Dan Campbell, the Lions are possibly the number one seed. You know, it's just, there's just so many things you can say about these coaches. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach. 
personally. And, uh, you know, he's 22 to one. So if you think they actually change their mind and give it to the guy that's actually the best coach, then, then he might be the one you look at. Uh, a couple of those decisions that Kyle made in the, uh, against the Rams in the NFC championship game a couple of years ago, I, I, there might be some people who, uh, disagreeing with you on that, on that assessment. That's for sure. Okay. Well that, you know, he's had some mistakes and that's one game, but man, he's really getting through the regular season. Yeah. I think he made it to the Super Bowl. He made some mistakes also in this uh, for beginning of the first half, but still his schemes and his plays and the way he gets his players fired up has been uh, almost second to none. So, you know, I guess that's the answer right there. Don't take anything low. I suppose Dima, that's what Chris and I probably suggest. And uh, unfortunately, you can get too invested in some of these markets at times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the MVP market, Chris, has great numbers, I think, on, uh, what was it, Bo Nix, you said. And uh, don't you have Nix and Jalen uh, Daniels? And no, I, I do have Bo Nix, but I did not get it until it was around uh, plus 275 or so because I was, I was truly convinced that uh, – Either JJ McCarthy or Jaden Daniels was going to win. So yeah, I got Jaden Daniels at thirty-five to one. I got uh, JJ McCarthy at thirty to one. So I mean, McCarthy's obviously out. His his game is kind of falling off. But but I I did buy some uh, Bonix at a uh, at plus two seventy-five. Okay. So uh, I feel I feel good that I've kind of I don't want to say uh, arb calculated it out or whatever you want to call it. That, that I do feel pretty good. I'm in a good position where I, I think, I, I, I think Daniels should win. If I had a vote, that's who I would vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I look if Bo Nix wins, that's fine too. He, he's a very uh, deserving deserving candidate. But I, and just going to be curious. I, I do think though, push come to shove, if uh, if Oregon does win the Pac-12 championship game and, and they win the Civil War this week and and make the playoff. I, I think the majority of the voters uh, will vote for Bo Nix, and I think he will win. But uh, uh, if, if Washington were to win that Pac-12 title game, I, I, I think Jaden Daniels certainly is alive because he is alive because I think he's a uh, certainly what he's doing is is a historic season. Historic with a terrible defense, you know. At least Joe yeah. Burrow's LSU team had a little bit better of a defense. It wasn't a great defense, but it was definitely better than what they have right now. Yeah, you, you can't you can't fault Daniels for the three losses, which he's been unbelievable in. And his defense has allowed what 50, 38, and thirty five points, or whatever the hell it is in those uh, in, in those games. And he's been, he's been fantastic. Right. So, uh, I mean, he's leading the country in total offense by like eighty something yards a game. It's, it's ridiculous. That is, yeah, that is ridiculous. Jeez, um, it, it's it, it reminds me a little of Lamar Jackson's MVP season. You know, uh, it's kind of the same stats, same situation. Two or three losses, I think Lamar had that year. Um, I think that he will. Uh, I, I I assume he'll play his bowl game. Uh, it's probably going to be a later bowl. So, I mean, we'll get into that. The bowl. I think there's going to be a lot of people sitting out this year for the bowls, but we'll see how that. Oh, I would think so too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into some games, man. Uh, you know, we didn't pick the Egg Bowl, Michigan, uh, Ole Miss versus uh, Mississippi State. But, I mean, the only way I would bet is Ole Miss. But I, do, it's just these games are just so weird that, you know, your numbers can just have one a massive favorite, but the rivalry kind of part really comes in a lot. And uh, I mm-hmm. I don't like laying points like that in rivalry games. It, it, things that happen that don't make sense make sense during those games the way, yeah. the, the way rivalries are. So it's just – 
I, I, my number's 12 and a half. It's 10. I, I'm, I'm staying away. I'm guessing you're staying away too, or. Yeah, I, I've got, I've got no, no, no play on this game. It, like, it, it maybe could be like, I might look at like a, uh, a Mississippi State team total under if, if I'm looking at something because I know Will Rogers came back, but he has not been good uh, this year at all. And I, I, I have the thing I would be most confident about is Mississippi State not putting up a bunch of points in this game. But but, but who, who the heck knows? Maybe maybe defensively they'll do a, do a decent enough job on Ole Miss and slow them down. But uh, yeah, no 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 real thought on the uh, on the side. You know, it just feels like Lane Kiffin's going to want to kill them. But then all of a sudden it comes down to it, they get punched in the mouth real quick. Everything changes. Yeah, it's just one of those in my opinion. I'm going to stay away from that. But let's get into some of these Friday games. And, wow, you picked a wonderful game here to talk about, Chris. Uh, Memphis versus Temple. Uh, Temple is now plus 13 at home as a home dog. You took the 13? On DraftKings. Let's see. Shut up. Uh, yeah. Did something happen? I, I thought it was 11 earlier when I looked. Yeah, I saw 11 and a half when, when I did the Bear Rats pod yesterday and wrote my column. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw 11 and a half. It, Seriously, am I getting am I getting thirteen and a half down? Thirteen? You're getting thirteen right now, and it's looks like on our Betfred Sports Odds screen, it is at thirteen. Home dog plus thirteen. Oh. This might move even more in your favor, but here you go. Total is so high at sixty four, my man. Why don't you fire away? What do you have here? Like, like I I love Temple on this game. Like I don't know if Memphis is really going to care about this game. They lost the game last week, which uh, eliminated them from any contention of getting to the a- to the AEC title game. Um, yeah, wow. A, a Temple with Warner, they got a good passing game. Memphis's defense has been terrible. Um, it's going to be a miserable atmosphere Friday, Black Friday noon. Could be cold and dreary. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, wow. Uh, you, you, you made my day. I'm, I'm glad I uh, – I'm glad I actually uh, – get a better number now that's good well that that is great um you know what's interesting is that this temple is a situation that i like to bet they're just so freaking ugly you know you know my power rings will not agree with it it's got like 16 17 points to memphis but at the same time why would memphis care to win this game so bad you know what what would they be playing for right i think that's kind of what the situation is they're not exactly improving anything for their bowl status here. You know, they have no shot at winning the conference, right? So, um, yeah, that's – that's uh, that. I think it's Temple or nothing for me. But, hey, yeah, man, you got 13. I'd wait out – I waited out a little bit more and hit it again if you haven't hit it already. Yeah, but I was saying, maybe, maybe set it to 13 and a half. Yeah, yeah, you might get some good numbers here. And Memphis is just – Memphis has let me down a lot, and the and I think against Missouri, I was really lucky. I had plus seven Memphis, and they had a back door to get to seven. Bad, uh, bad, bad defensive team. Oh, it was a terrible defensive team. But this is also a terrible game. So if you have something better to do, like me, go hang out some Christmas lights that are going to last all year long. So see how that goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next game. Uh, we have the oh here's here's another fun game. Um, Iowa versus Nebraska. Nebraska minus two and a half. And when I wrote this total down, I'm like, is this even half of LSU's team total this week? It's 26, dude. (laughs) 
I've never seen anything like this. I don't even think I've seen the military, Army versus Navy this low, Chris. Yeah, and I'm still not betting the over. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, can you possibly bet over? I sure as hell couldn't. Man, no, I, I can't. I can't because, I mean, this is just, these offenses are horrible. Uh, both are on their backup of the backup type quarterbacks. But I hate to say it, Chris, I am making a play on this, and I feel terrible doing it. And I was lucky with Wisconsin last week. I actually had Wisconsin minus four and a half. I bought back half at plus seven, so that pushed. Wisconsin did not deserve that cover at all last no. week. No, they did not. Yeah, they did not. And uh, I saw a little fight in Chuba Purdy. And I like that name, Chuba Purdy. You know, his brother's rocking it a little bit. He got his feet, yep. he got his feet wet at Wisconsin. He's now at home. Here's why I'm betting Nebraska. And if you actually look at the stats and, and just put your hands over the turnover margin, <laughs> just put your hands over that, please, God, you're at home. Do not turn over. Nebraska's the right side. Unfortunately, you can't. <laughs> you, you can't, but they're at home, and you got a different quarterback now in Purdy. Now, he will turn it over if he's desperate, but Nebraska's got the better run defense. They allow 2.83 yards per carry. Uh, you know, Iowa's 3.14, and this is why this total's so low, because they can't throw and they can't run against each other, so this could be a 3 to nothing game. Oh, please be 2 to nothing, Chris. P- please let this game finish 2 to nothing because I'm, fi- I'm taking the money line here. I'm, t- I'm not laying points. I'm taking Nebraska minus 130, and, and that's what I thought. But Nebraska's actually got the better yards per play, 0. 0.42 to 0. 0.16. Nebraska's now got quarterback uh, You know that's kind of hungry. I think he's going to be the starter next year in Brock's brother. Um, Deacon Hill is worse than what Nebraska has, I think. Uh, you know, if if they can maybe, I'm not saying get a punt return, but man, just try to chop away at some of these yards. They did move the ball against Wisconsin, and they moved it pretty well. Uh, Nebraska has a bowl that they need to get into for the first time in a long time, and Matt Rule's a good enough coach for that. Now, I don't bet on teams because they have to make bowls, but I do look at it as a spot where not only that, Iowa has nothing to, I mean, does Iowa need another win? Uh, they need to try something in the Big Ten championship game when they get demolished against Ohio State or Michigan. So, I mean, if if something goes wrong for Iowa, I could see them kind of dogging it later. I took the money line. The, the, the interesting thing, and you just said a like team needing a win to get to a bowl. Like I, I always tread carefully when, when you get to things like that because if he's – and and you know what, like Doctor Bob has said it a lot. Like if it's a must-win game for a team, it must mean that they're not very good. And and like if you're if you need your sixth win by now, you've had a bunch of chances to get that sixth win. So you probably lost a bunch of games that you had opportunities to win to already get to six, and now you're kind of last guess. So I I, I often think at times because that, that's probably that's baked into the number. And what people are people are betting like they're actually maybe, I mean I have no way of proving this because I haven't gone back and and looked nor will I go back and look because it's a futile effort to do. Like teams like they may be might be better to bet against these teams that need to win because uh, people are automatically thinking they will cover or win these games. So just just maybe tread tread a little carefully when when. Uh, you just see a team might be sitting on five and six and they need a win. Certainly, I, I agree with uh, Kev's handicap here, but just it's not an automatic. You're playing a, 
a five and six team. Oh, just like you say with trends all the time when you give them out every week, it's like this is just part of your handicap. It was just one of the five or six things I just mentioned, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do not do not think that you're going to get by doing that uh, in situations because this is still a rivalry game. I mean, playing for corn rights, you know, for playing for extra uh, fields you can plow in this situation. So yeah, I mean, or, 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 as, or as Big Cat said, it's Iowa versus Body Double Iowa. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much all right. Week. That's pretty much where they belong is right now in the Big Ten, unfortunately, because my Big Ten West is absolutely pitiful. Uh, oh, it's the worst division in college football. It's, it's, <laughs> it's worse you know, than, at least amongst the Power Five. It's worse than the Sun but, Belt, man. I don't even know. Shut what that up, by the way, to Sean, shut up, by the way, to Chuba Purdy's dad, Sean Purdy. I, I went to school with him in Miami. He's a baseball pitcher at Miami when I was oh. uh, down there. So. Good, good, good family genes going there. Oh, look at that little Miami. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Miami. It's basketball season too. Just, just remember that. We Chris. are a basketball school, exactly. <laughs> a little back from the comments. Yeah, Jesse says he's in Chiang Mai and uh, uh, in Roxy's in uh, Fuck It, I believe. Right? F P H U K E T. Isn't that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's exactly how it should be said. <laughs> very, very strange. I see. I see. I always laugh when I see the uh, Thai restaurants say that. Um, and, and then, yeah, he thinks that he, he kind of likes the uh, Ole Miss in this because they're just going to run all over him. But Sean Kanaki's got a question for you. He says, "Do you have any thoughts on the Clark Stakes uh, at Churchill on Friday?" I mean, we're going right back at horse racing. <laughs> I haven't looked. All right. I, I have not. Lo- I have not downloaded any PPS yet for this. Uh, for this weekend. Um, Maybe I can get something done Friday morning, but beforehand. I know there's a big uh, pick six carryover. I think at Del Mar too, but but I, I unfortunately have not had an opportunity to look at any uh any any horse racing this week. It's the thing that what stinks about this week is that like everything is condensed and moved up because of the uh, the holidays. So I, getting the pod done, getting my columns done, getting the script yeah. done for like, like everything's everything's been done Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and now family here for the for thanksgiving i'm not going to be able to slip away and, and and look at the ponies tomorrow so maybe i can maybe i can squeeze a little time in on, on friday morning depending on my uh travels and meeting schedule over there in ann arbor i'm sure our guy sean would love if you tweet something out about it so that'd be cool if uh yeah you have some thoughts, Ooh, thoughts uh, on that later. I, I, i'm taking this personally by the way here from uh uh general mitchy moss he, he just listed me a plus 725 to win the green jacket the fifth choice. I'm gonna dump two points back. That's not bad. Two points back of a repeat, and he, he's posting seven twenty five. I, mean, I might, I might, I might put a little money on myself there to. Uh, well, there you go. Du- plus that's double invest plus seven twenty five. That'll help you out here, I had, man. I had a good week last week. I was five and two, and I was mad because the final game it came down to Notre Dame laying the points and, and Cincinnati plus the points, and I took the dog. And Ooh. UC was never in the game, and Notre Dame predicted. Particularly blew out. Oh, I, I was on West Virginia last week. That was my uh, yeah. A lot of people were. It was. I guess it was one were. of those. I didn't, I didn't, like, yeah. It, I mean, Cincinnati. It, it's like, are you going to double down on them like Temple again? <laughs> Some people are on Cincinnati too this week. I've heard. Yeah, I, I did have Temple last week. They were the right side against UAB until they weren't the right side. Yeah, I know. I thought I was like, oh, Chris has got this going, and then oh, I look later. I'm like, what the heck has happened? Uh, well, that's how it is sometimes, but. Let's have some fun with North Carolina versus NC State here. And uh, wow, this is a spread that just smells a little bit towards the NC State side. Plus two and a half, huh? You know, North Carolina's going to. Yeah, do- I, I, I'm, I don't know why North Carolina's favorite, to be honest with you. 
Like, like they, North Carolina has not played well uh, against FBS teams the last month of the season. They've lost like, for three of the three of the four, and the one win was a, an incredibly fortunate, lucky win against Duke uh, in Chapel Hill. Defensively, they've given up 36, 45, 41, uh, 31 in the last four games against the FBS teams. Throw out that game against Campbell. That doesn't that doesn't matter. I mean, this is a this is a trend that, that we've seen the last few years where UNC gets off to that good start. People think they might be a contender uh, in the ACC, and then they just absolutely collapse as the, uh, the the season goes on. This is probably the best coaching job that Dave Duran has done. Um, defensively, they, they've been great. Um, they have not had great quarterback play all season long, but um, I know they've had maybe a, a little bit of turnover luck, which, which obviously – uh, matters. Wonder maybe this is the final time we'll see Drake May in North Carolina uniform. Because the bowl that they're going to be going to is not going to be of the New Year Six or playoff variety. So uh, I, I took NC State plus two and a half. If you want to buy it up to three, uh, you can do that. But I, I think there's a good chance that the wrong team's favorite here. Yeah. It, here's my recency type rating has North Carolina and NC State a pick them. But my, I mean, if I use long term, it's four, it's four point two five. But I'm gonna, I would go with recency a lot more because I think I'm undervaluing NC State with some of the stuff they've done. They've been good to me since the Notre Dame choke. I was on them against Notre Dame, and they were within seven in the end of the third quarter. Then boom, it, it, it spun out of control. I think a lot of people are on NC State plus eight, but they've they've been a lot better since there. And yeah, Dave Duran, he got this defense a little bit more on track. And man, he, he works some magic with the quarterbacks. You know, you know, I, I thought that uh, you know the one that they had was there to stay and he's his, his name's left my mind right now but uh you know they've got a good quarterback that's playing good football right now oregon state versus oregon chris i'm picking oregon state versus oregon and uh the, this is minus 13 and a half the total is 62 and I, I texted you on sunday i'm like or monday i said man i wish i bought back on washington last week um mm-hmm. you know and, but here's the funny thing this was oregon state's home run spot i mean last week was and uh they they, they blew it you know it, it's just you had it in front of you not have a good game no, no, no. He was part of. He made my ugly this week on the earlier show. <laughs> he made my ugly. It was bad, but 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 at the same time, how do you get up for this game? Even though it's a rivalry, I mean, you're you're not playing for anything here. Maybe to try to upset your your Oregon. But I'll tell you right now, man. The way Oregon had it easy last week against a quarterback less ASU team. My son was at that game. By the way, I was like, son, uh, you might be leaving by halftime before you left. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, tell your tell your friend's dad to bring me. I'm like, what the hell? But anyways, it was uh, it, it it just made it so easy for them. And now that that one loss, they're gonna. I just feel this is a spot they're gonna put a pounding on Oregon State, man. And I don't normally lay thirteen and a half, Chris. You know me. Um, but yeah, it's a statement game, and it's a statement to get back in the top, into that top four discussion to get that respect. And they have the defense that it takes to slow down a rushing team like the Beavers. They only allow 3.4 rushing yards per attempt, 4.8 yards per play. But, dude, that would be better if they didn't have the scrubs in a lot of these fourth quarters, right? I, I think that would be even better. So people look at stats, but they have to f- remember that, uh, especially with our days with Georgia and Bama cap and all those games, that they're better than the numbers even show in some situations. The Ducks have a 1.5 net yard per play advantage. Oregon ranks number two in EPA margin. Uh, home road splits. 
both teams are great at home and both teams are bad on the road. So I'm I'm laying the points here. I, I'm glad. I was thinking, do I get a 13 here? And a couple books pop 13, but I was but I'm like, you know what? Uh, to give it out to uh, our members here, I, I'm giving out a 13 and a half. This is going to go back to 14, Chris. And, and I think if you, you factor in, they'll probably want to get Bo Nick some uh, some Heisman padding type stats in here. And, and the other thing, I wonder if subliminally uh, the team is, is kind of, I won't say at the end of its rope, but like this final, it's your final Pac-12 game. You're playing your rival. You know your coach is gone. Like he's probably going to go to Michigan State. The assistants are probably behind the scenes, figuring out, figuring out whether to uh, go to. Great point. Great point about Smith. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. It is. So I, I, I'm with you. It would be it would be Oregon or pass for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I this could be over by half. I might even bet the half as well in this. Um, Okay, uh, Colorado, Utah, Utah minus 22, total 51. Chris, I, I feel like you're kind of having the same type of thoughts that I just did about Oregon. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I laid 21 and a half. I found 21 and a half uh, on FanDuel. I don't know if it's still there, but I know uh, tw- 22, I would still happily lay. Like, they're, um, like, I would be shocked if Shadur Sanders played. Like, he got beat up last week. The offensive line is. Terrible. His own dad might not uh, let him the, play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The offensive, the, the change of coordinator to Shermer was terrible from from Lewis. Uh, like you lost fifty six fourteen or whatever the hell it was up at the Palouse last week, and uh, Colorado was just not good. And it's funny you, you you look before the year if you would have said Colorado was going to finish four and eight, you would have been like, yeah, that's a that's a decent yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And then from where they were at the start when they pulled a couple of upsets and. And, and, or the one upset against TCU when Colorado State. Like, if you had under three and a half wins, you were probably right. But um, Utah, Colorado is the, the bad team that takes everybody's best shot. And you're going to get Utah's best shot, especially after the Utes came off of that embarrassing loss uh, last week where they were non-competitive against Arizona. Remember, we saw that last month when Oregon went to – to Salt Lake and absolutely put a number on Utah. The following week was that 55-3 beatdown of ASU. Uh, I think we could see a similar type of situation here. Yes, I know Utah is down a bunch of guys, but Utah is still a, a program. They're going to set back 12 uh, titles consecutively here. So it's like this is a real team that they're facing here cutting with Colorado. So I this, this could be along the lines of, like, again, 49-10. Something like that. I mean, the trenches should be big enough here for Utah to to, make, to put their foot down and just run up the score as much as they want, and they're going to get they're going to take some frustration out. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, is Shadour going to the NFL or is he? I would think so, but I don't know. You know, I don't know. Is he? I think he's coming back to, for his dad. I right? Think I think he's going to run it back with his dad, and I think he's going to and and Travis Hunter. I, I think as long as he gets some, he'll he'll get his NAL money to keep him there. Mm. And they'll bring in some offensive linemen somewhere. I, I think he runs it back. Yeah, why not? I think he runs it back too. And they do. They'll probably f- actually focus on transfers for the line. And yeah, I mean, I want Dion to succeed. I think a lot of people hate him for some reason. Maybe because he's popular, got a little bit of ego. But you know, he's, I think he's good for the game. Personally, I, I like to see see him do. It's good. funny you said that because I think I, I actually talked about this a little bit on the pod uh, yesterday uh, with Jeff, Sammy P, and Will. Like I think at the start of the year, 
everybody was so excited. Like they wanted to see it work. They wanted to see him do well. They were rooting for him. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as the year has gone on, I, I think maybe there, there are a little bit of a school of thought out there. Like, all right, he's taking his now. He came in, overturned, overhauled the roster, did this to the staff, brash, and like, I think there are probably some people out there kind of reveling in the fact mm-hmm. that, that they're struggling. But I, I hope he does do well. Right. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's again, a Hall of Fame player coming back to coach college football. Like, that's a great, like, model example to, to show that former players can potentially do a really good job. So we'll, we'll see what happens next year. But I think, uh, I think as the year goes, the year went on, I think they're a little more like I, people who kind of like roll on their eyes and such. Yeah, and the reason you heard those Microsoft chimes, I was looking for this in a couple other books. They pulled it probably because of the Shador Sanders situation. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I'm hoping for Colorado next year. It's going to be exciting to see what this season win total comes out and a lot of changes for next year, like the like the 12-team playoff, Chris. And uh, I'm hoping for chaos this year. I'm so sick of uh, them getting it right because of the fifth team just not deserving it, man. Uh, I know we, we've had our differences with that, but, man, uh, I think it's just better for schools in general to have a sh- have a shot at it, my friend. And I don't know if you've you've come around on that, but <laughs> no, 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 it should be hard. Right, I, it should be hard, but I am not going to sit here and say that that I'm like I'm not going to watch these games or I'm not going to bet on these games. I, I, I just don't think you are. You're really expanding the, the the group of national title contenders. You're you're expanding the number of fan bases that can watch college football and say that their team is in the playoffs All right, well, that, that's and that's what i was hoping for the it will it'll make recruits stay at home but that's wait we'll wait and see about that we don't need to touch on that subject anymore my friend uh let's move on to the next game and probably the biggest game of the weekend maybe the biggest game of the year ohio state versus michigan michigan three and a half the total is now 46 it looks like it went down some uh you would you like to get started in this yeah, I it was. I hope that total keeps coming down because I I got it late Saturday night. It went well on FanDuel when they posted a forty-seven and a half, and I and I, I was able to just bet what I could on the uh, on that look-ahead line right there, assuming nice. that this might get down to like forty-four and a half or forty-four or so. So I'm a little surprised, maybe disappointed that it hasn't come down. Further yet, I see 45 and a half at bookmakers, so maybe that's a an, an indication that it still does have uh, a little ways to go to come down. Oh, I think I'm it goes to 44 and a half. I, th- I think it'll go to 44 yeah, and a half. That's, that's what I that's what I that's what I thought when I made the bet, and I was like, maybe I can maybe I can get 40, 45, 46, 47 as uh, maybe a buyback some for a little bit of a middle if I wanted to. Well, I think your real position is the under, though, right? Your real position. but Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy with 47 and a half. Um, but, but I, are you a little worried that Ohio State might be a little trendy of an underdog here? Like, yes. I know Michigan does not <laughs> look great. It, it, it does not look – McCarthy's playing with a bad ankle. Uh, they're, they're, they're all, their pass pro has not been good. But down to three and a half here, it seems like almost a little too much of an adjustment because it's not like Ohio State's uh, quarterback play has been great and earth-shattering at all against the the better teams uh, that that they have played. So I don't know if I trust McCord and that offensive line to go on the road 
and win this game. So if I had to play the side, uh, I would look at laying the three and a half with Michigan. Um, I think 46 is probably still a good a good number to get in on before it goes any lower if you're looking to go under. I know a lot of people have just talked about you look at the last 10, 12 years in this robbery and the games uh, have all gone over this total. But uh, I, I think the situation here with the way uh, shaky O-line, shaky quarterback play, this might be one of those kind of win the surest way, two good defenses, and, and maybe this is along the lines of 20 to 17, 23, 17, something like that. And it's weird to see Ohio State get kind of blown out the last two years. Um, you know, I took a position at four because I knew it was coming down. I think I'm I think I'm good in the position for a couple reasons. Now, you, the recruits actually even favor Ohio State a little bit if you want to look at total stars and things like that. I agree that the quarterback is better with McCarthy. That's the position that Michigan has, of course, with their, their big houses, as you see right behind me here. You know, being playing at home is huge. But I the whole Harbaugh thing is, is weird. I think Harbaugh doesn't mean anything to a spread when they're playing Maryland or other teams, but I think he does mean something in these big games. And it's almost like, I, does Michigan kind of feel like they're expecting to win this situation? I mean, I, I like how they're using it like the world against us, and I think that's a smart way of of looking at it. But at the same time, even with as you know, average-ish as McCord is, Marvin Harrison fixes that a lot, man. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, in Wisconsin's not a good team, but it was a tough spot, and it was a night game. And, man, that guy just looks like a man amongst children when he's playing wide receiver out there. I didn't know how tall the dude was. He he's he's he looks bigger than everybody else somehow. I, I and, he's so strong. Oh dude he's he's the top wide receiver in my opinion. I know Hunter's really good too. But man, it, it, I feel like he can even this thing out a little bit. And you can talk strength of schedule and and this is why Michigan's got the little better stats, but at least Ohio State played at Notre Dame. You know, they probably should have lost that game, Chris. I was on Notre Dame. Thank God I had the hook. But, you know, they went to Wisconsin. I think Ohio State kind of got better and better and figured some out some of their faults. And I have a three-point game. I mean, my power rings have a 3.25 because I did upgrade uh, Ohio State throughout the season a little bit. And the no Jim Harbaugh, I'm okay with my four. I'm not like... I'm not like I'm. I'm not going to put a buyback unless something happens. But you know, if I get real scared, I'll just tease Iowa up to six, eight and a half. Man, <laughs> tease with Michigan. Yeah, it's funny. He's like, you don't tease college football, even when the total's twenty six points. It's like seriously. Yeah, that's what Will, that's what Will was talking about yesterday. He's like a ten point teaser, sixteen. I go, I I guess, but like, there's certainly a non-zero chance that that game ends thirteen ten. Or like thirteen three, uh, exactly, and so and it, six. It, it's yeah, it could be a ten to zero game, yeah, nine to zero. You know, I mean, there's just it, that's just such an ugly game, and you know, I was half kidding, but you know, it's I'm okay with the four. Um, I think it's three point game. I, I'm okay with three and a half too. I, I think that Ohio State keeps it close, and this could be a situation where Michigan hasn't found themselves in too often. Possibly down a, down a score or so, you know, at maybe the second quarter or something like that. I think I think the thing about Ryan Day is that he's has his bad games against Michigan, but he can scheme something up to, uh, you know, possibly jump him a little bit and give McCord a little confidence. Um, the way they both beat Penn State was pretty pretty uh, 
pretty disgusting. I I, I was I was on Penn State that game, and I had them plus uh, what I had plus seven, and it closed at what three and a half, four, and I still lost that bet, and I was just like, damn it. That's the thing. It's a rare opportunity for Ohio State and Ryan Day to to be an underdog and get to get to play that roll up some um, for, for sure. Well, let's talk a couple random games before we go. Alabama, Auburn. It's funny. How how is nobody mentioning the Iron Bowl, Chris? I mean, fourteen and a half is a spread, though, and Auburn's a home dog. Total forty eight, and I'm kicking myself because I didn't bet New Mexico State, and I had them circled the bet, and I always sprinkle mm-hmm. the money line on bet. I always sprinkle the money on, but I didn't bet them because I just didn't know about Pava, and I just got too busy watching the games, and then all of a sudden the game starts. I'm like, oh Jesus, I forgot. And of course, they freaking win outright after they embarrass Ole Miss. I never seen a different like team from week to week this much of a you know you beat Ole Miss, a, a good top twenty ish team, whatever, and then you lose to New Mexico State and Jerry Kill. Is oh, they lost all they, they lost to Ole Miss. Oh, oh, so who um, they beat last week? Who they beat uh, the week before? They beat somebody the week before, or was it? Maybe, I'll check it out. Miss, uh, was it maybe Mississippi State? That might have been. Oh, Arkansas. It was Arkansas. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. They blew out Arkansas by 38 points. That was a week before. You're right. They did lose to Ole Miss by seven. But still, I mean, that's it. Arkansas was supposed to be good. But but then they uh, go in New Mexico State. So I, thanks for correcting me. I apologize. I, I shouldn't have said uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. Uh, they beat a bad Arkansas team. But either way, yeah, you know, you beat an SEC team away by 28 points, and then you lose to New Mexico by 21 points. Uh, are you doing anything with this thing? I, I have nothing pre pre uh, pre game on on this one. Like every part of me would want to take Auburn plus the points, but yeah. it's it's a hard bet to to swallow knowing you have a really bad offense against an Alabama team that is looking to kind of put up some body numbers to try and make a case for the for, for the playoff. And certainly, if they lose to Georgia next week, it doesn't matter. But uh, they have an opportunity to win a fourth straight game against Auburn in this rivalry for the first time uh, in a long time. Uh, I can't, I can't see Alabama taking its foot uh, off the gas here. It seems like since that USF game, uh, they they finally let Milrow be uh, the athlete and the runner that that he can be. Defensively, they're playing a heck of a lot better as well. <sighs> Sorry there. I I would take Auburn if I had to play the game, but. Uh, Certainly not anything that I would feel great about. I mean, the scary thing is I power rate wise have a 13.5. So it slightly leans Auburn. And then if you think about dog and rivalry and the fact that Alabama's got a very big game on deck. If Alabama just happened to lose this game, they're still in the SEC championship, right? I'm pretty sure that they have a little breathing room. Oh no, they're they're playing. For, no, they're they're in the game. Yeah, they're in the game no matter what. Yeah, yeah, right. Would be gone with losses, but right. Okay, okay. I'm I'm going to lean Auburn. I'm going to lean Auburn. I'm probably not going to play it unless somebody else gets me over the hump. Kentucky Louisville. It's funny to see Louisville minus seven here. Um, because you know Kentucky historically has been really owning this matchup for the last mm-hmm. what five six years or whatever it's been, but now you got a new quarterback. So I don't look at the trend. Uh, Jeff or a new coach, Jeff Brown, and new quarterback, of course. 
And Louisville, you know, are they thinking about Florida State? I wouldn't be thinking about Florida State with the horrible luck they just had last week. I mean, in a bye game against Alabama, Northern Alabama, it's almost like you feel like, should we be starting our starters and maybe bring them in if we're like in a tie game in the third quarter? But it almost makes you rethink that whole situation that late in the year when you've done everything right until your quarterback gets injured. What What a tragedy, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, re- it really is. I would I would play the over in this Kentucky-Louisville game. I mean, I, seeing, seeing Brom, Brom is such a great offensive coach. Um, the schemes and the play, despite being down guys, he draws up some plays and makes some defenses look really, really bad and fine. He, uh, he, he, fi- he finds the fish, for the, uh, for the lack of a better word, which is when, for those who are not familiar with that term, we're always looking as, as a coordinator or a coach, like for the one guy on the defense that you want to attack, well, he finds him, and he does a great job. Uh, this is not a great Kentucky defense compared to what Mark Stoops uh, has had in the past. Uh, I do think Kentucky will still score some points. This is an over game for me. I'm, I'm kind of mad. I wrote down seven. It said seven and a half. I must, when I did this yesterday, I wrote down seven. I was really leaning Louisville here. I, my number's 10, 10 and a half. It wouldn't shock me if they, their defense, Louisville's defense, kind of stuffs Kentucky a little bit too. It's just kind of like get that revenge from all the years before of just getting your butt kicked type thing. Um, that's interesting. Um, you know, you know, you know, it's really funny as uh, I have a 40 to one ticket on Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 championship. Now, um, mm. It, that was uh, yeah. I just I mean that was one of that was like I thought I was dead. I, I like I took it back in July, and then everybody's against Oklahoma State taking their season wins under and all that. And I was like, you know, you're probably right. These are new guys. A lot of people transferred out. Spencer Sanders is gone, but hey, I, I was on the right side of it the whole time. And uh, now they could lose to BYU as 17 point favorites, and then I'd be gone, my friend. I mean, I'll be watching that game. I'll be like the only guy watching that game unless you live in. Uh, uh, Utah or something. <laughs> uh, I hope that they cover or not cover. They win this game, but man, I, I'll tell you this: uh, I, I want to hedge out of that, and I'm curious what the line is going to be against Texas. I'd say about seven, but man, um, is there? Do you think they could drop something like that at home against BYU's terrible play? No, I, I don't. I think BYU's BYU's circle the wagons type game was last week mm-hmm. when they when they gave OU all they could really handle. In uh, in pro, uh, I think OU is interesting. I mean, I, I and I don't know anything, but I would think it's going to be very hard for Dylan Gabriel to play, uh, be, having been a, uh, having gotten a concussion on Saturday, and now you play early on Friday, like like that that that's a, that, that seems like a very quick turnaround for someone in in, in uh, concussion protocol. And who knows if uh, Jalafruk is going to play? Like OU could be down some guys. I actually did like. Uh, TCU plus the points in this game. I, I know Jackson Arnold is this all-world recruit, but he's still a freshman. Still doesn't have a ton of playing time. It'll, it'll, it'll probably take a little while. Right. Yep, I agree too. Um, BYU's banged up. Um, very interesting situation with them. Uh, another rivalry, Indiana-Purdue. I, I find it interesting. Purdue's minus three and a half here, total 54. I, I, I haven't done much with this game. Uh, I, I, Tom Allen's a fiery guy. Um I'd lean Purdue here in this situation. Probably not going to play it. Pretty high total at 54. I kind of like the under. Yeah, I, I, I might take Indiana here. I, I think Tom Allen's one of the – I think he's probably going to get fired. But I do think his team plays hard for him for whatever reason. They just can't get over the hump other than the, the, the 2020 
uh, COVID year where they put together a magical type season. But I, I think Tom Allen's probably coaching his last game in Bloomington. I would I would be surprised if they did not put forth a uh, a really good effort for him, for him on Saturday. All right, no, no doubt about that. All right, man. Well, we hit a lot of college stuff. Uh, real quick, do you have anything for the NFL for our listeners out there? Yeah, I like the Patriots laying the three against the Giants. Like Tommy DeVito, he, yeah, he played well last week. But are, are you going like, to – does this does that mean he all of a sudden he's a good quarterback and the Giants are going to turn their season around here? Like Washington turned the ball over six times last week. And they had the ball with five turnovers and a chance to win the game uh, before the pick six. Like, call me skeptical <laughs> that, that the Giants' like season is going to turn around uh, based on what happened uh, – Last week, it's still one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, numbers down to three. I know the Patriots are not great either, but but I think the Patriots may get uh, a little bit of a boost. I'm expecting Bailey Zappi to start, and, and I think that will go over well in the locker room. Well, as long as it's anybody but Mac Jones, uh, that will go over well uh, in the locker room. I don't think it's going to be Mac Jones. I, I think Belichick against Devito uh, advantage Belichick. So I did lay the three with the Patriots against the Giants. All right, three points, and be careful. Don't take three and a half. Find the three, most key number. Obviously, if you're a big listener of this show, you already been knowing that for years. But, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I took three and a half for the Giants, but I wouldn't take three because uh, I I have a rule that when there's two bad teams play each other, you take the points, although the Giants are pretty bad. Pretty bad. They're the lowest team on the power ratings, man. I mean, can the Patriots do something here and get out of embarrassment? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's not Mac Jones playing, but man, um, uh, that's a that's a ballsy pick of you picking the Patriots in this situation. It's do or die. It, it, I it's hope the type of week it is in the NFL, man. It's it's, it's not the most uh, attractive NFL week, but uh, that 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 looked like the best of a bad bunch of games. What about the the? Is there a downgrade or an upgrade from Wilson to Boyd? Zach Wilson to Tim Boyle or Boyle? I don't, Boyle, I don't yeah. know how there. I don't know how there possibly could be a downgrade. <laughs> like, like Zach Wilson, terrible. Well, will the market move from seven and a half to ten? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't know why. Like, I, look, I, I get people just want to like, oh, he's the ba- he's the backup to Zach Wilson. He must really suck. But I, I think I think you're going to. I mentioned it with the Patriots. Like being a Jets fan. And like when watching this team week in and week out, defensively they're still putting forth effort, knowing that they they have no chance of scoring on offense, mm-hmm. zero. And the fact that they're now going to be rid of Zach Wilson at quarterback and have an opportunity to get a different guy in there that might give the defense and everybody else around them a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a jolt, a little bit of a boost, knowing that they're no longer saddled with the uh, the Zach Wilson al- albatross. So. Uh, I, I it was funny when I did the uh, the Megapod with, with with Gil and Todd and and Will before like Gil always asked like who's the the big favorite that if it came back to you on Monday and he said they lost who would it be and I thought it would be the Dolphins for all those reasons like this number up to ten now I think is too big of a move. I mean, here's the thing: how the heck does a coach let him? And this has happened last year. If the team hates him, how do you last it so long starting at quarterback? You know, you're better off with Tommy DeVito or someone like that, you know, of course, which is Boyle, you know. I, I, it's just, and this could be this like the Kansas City Chiefs type game that they had, you know. The weather's not going to be great. It's cold. Isn't, right. isn't it going to kind of rain out there too? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a miserable day here on, on Wednesday right now. And I, I don't know. 
uh, if Friday it's going to clear out by then or, or what the deal is. But yeah, it's certainly not going to be balmy. It's not going to be the type of weather the Dolphins would have in Miami, that's for sure. Yeah, division game. Yeah, I think the Jets will show up now that they got a new quarterback, even though he probably sucks too. Um, but what doesn't suck, Chris, is you coming on the show and talking to our listeners. We really appreciate so much, my man. Where could our listeners get your great information in media if they don't know all? Oh, yeah. uh, Bear Bets Podcast, wherever you get your uh, your podcast, uh, foxsports.com. The columns are up every week as well. And then uh, Big Noon Kickoff on Saturday. Yeah. You see Chris every weekend on Big Noon Kickoff. Keep checking it out. Uh, a huge thanks to Chris, man. Hey, hey, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great time with your family. And we'll be watching you this weekend, my man. Great. Thanks, Kev. Have a great holiday. All right, a little recap of what we're doing here. I'm going with Nebraska on the money line, minus 135. Chris is taking Temple, plus 13. I'm taking uh, Oregon, minus 13.5 for uh, 2.5 stars. And Chris is taking NC State, plus 2.5. Chris is taking Utah, minus 22. I'm taking Ohio State, plus 3.5 for 2 point five stars now it is time for the sharp side of the force sharp side of the force is brought to you by bet mgm for fifteen hundred dollar bonus please click the link in this podcast terms conditions and location apply all right let's get into some sharp college football week 13 rivalry week Sharp money on Nebraska, plus one to minus two and a half, 61% of the tickets and 80% of the money. Sharp money on Boise State, minus four to minus 6.5, 78% of the tickets and 94% of the money. Sharp money on Arizona, minus seven and a half to minus 10 and a half. Arizona State, 63% of the tickets and 74% of the money. Sharp money on Jacksonville State, plus two and a half to minus two and a half at New Mexico State, plus 76% or 76% of the tickets and 92% of the money. Uh, I was on that move. Notre Dame, minus 22.5 to minus 25 at Stanford. 45% of the tickets and 96% of the money. Sharp totals. Ole Miss versus Mississippi State, under 61.5 to 55.5. 87% of the tickets and 98% of the money. Sharp money Ohio State versus Michigan, under 48.5 to 46. 89% of the money, 92% of the money. Sharp money on Houston versus UCF, over 59.5 to 61.5. 67% of the tickets and 92% of the money. Sharp money Oregon State versus Oregon, over 59 to 62. 60% of the tickets and 72% of the money. Sharp money at Iowa versus Nebraska. Under 29.5 to 26. 48% of the tickets and 79% of the money. NFL Week 12, sharp money movement. As of Wednesday, sharp money on Giants, plus four to plus three, hosting the Patriots. 64% of the tickets and 81% of the money. Sharp money on the Colts, minus one to minus two and a half, hosting the Bucks. 49% of the tickets and 68% of the money. Uh, sharp totals, 40, 49ers versus Seahawks, under 46.5 to 44, 69% of tickets and 81% of the money. Dolphins versus Jets, under 45.5 to 41 with the quarterback change, 55% of the tickets and 82% of the money. Sharp on Panthers versus Titans, under 87% of the tickets and 96% of the money. And I didn't even look to what that under was. Uh, 38.5 to 37. All right. Chiefs versus Raiders under 45 to 43, 80% of the tickets and 99% of the money. My friends, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I hope you had a great time. I hope you have a wonderful time with your family or friends or whatever you're doing for Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holidays. Be safe. Enjoy all of the games and go get some winners. Winners.